and welcome back to Jumpcast, a film podcast brought to you by the award-winning team behind Jump Cut Online. In these difficult times, without cinemas to visit or any new films to talk about, we are still here every single Monday churning out some fire film content for you all. From all of us here at Jump Cut Online, we do hope you're all staying at home and staying safe. Um, tonight, I am joined by two delightful guests. Uh, first up, we've got our multimedia manager. It's Sam Comrie. Hello, Sam. Hello, hello. How are you doing, mate? I'm good, man. I'm good. And secondly, alongside Sam, we have got the senior editor over at the Valkyries. She's making her official Jumpcast debut after the quiz she was on. It is Georgie Broad. Hello, Georgie. Hello. Hopefully I can redeem myself this time around after that quiz performance. <laughs> no no redemption necessary. You were a great guest. Oh, you're too good to me. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so obviously, with not many new films out to the minute, um, I thought we'd start by talking about isolation times and how we are finding living on our own in our little sheltered shelters and all that kind of stuff. Um, so personally, I'm finding it very difficult to watch films at the minute. Um, like I'm really enjoying Disney Plus, for example, but I'm watching films for comfort. So like recently, I've watched Pirates of the Caribbean, I've watched Marvel films several times, and I've cracked open my old Blu-rays I've not seen yet. Um, so I checked my Netflix yesterday. I watched my first new film yesterday for the first time in two weeks, which is a bit weird for me. Um, but I thought I'd ask you guys, how are you finding film watching during this lovely quarantine we're experiencing right now? So would you, Sam? Uh, bit of a mixed bag. I think the time that I'm watching the films probably needs to be more reasonable and not stupid o'clock <laughs> in the morning. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> A bit of mixed bag. I have been rewatching some things. I rewatched all the Indiana Jones films. They were. A, I saw you did that. That yeah. was a delight. All four. Of all them? four. Of, you know what? I'll I'll go on record and say that Crystal Skull is not that bad. That's a bold <laughs> and controversial statement. A, it, it is. It, it, it is. is a good movie with bad parts. Is what I'll say. So it's so so for me. It's not a bad film with good parts. It's actually a good film just with bad bits about it. Yeah, that's all it is. It's got the workings of a decent Indiana Jones movie there. It's just let down a little, well, quite a bit, but we don't need to get into that. <laughs> I was going to say, you're being quite generous there, mate. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, I have, I've I actually watched some films I've not seen before, not necessarily like this year kind of releases, but mm. I, I, I'm on like a bit of a Guy Ritchie binge at the minute so i went back and watched revolver and that turns out it was a mistake to go back and watch revolver <laughs> <laughs> i hope that's bad i've heard my friends keep telling me to watch rock and roller i've not seen that yet yeah i've not seen yeah, it either that's probably that. my next one that i'll check out okay i will and uh georgie how are you finding isolation film times it's weird like you said it's it i i just miss going to the cinema i miss getting to go mm-hmm. out and see something new but um, my mom, bless her, I think she could tell that I was having a bit of a isolation nightmare. And so she said, oh, you know, do you want to go through all of your Marvel films with your superheroes? And, you, can, you know, you can show me them all. <laughs> I was like, oh, my sweet summer child. Yes, we'll do that. <laughs> so we're starting. We're going through in uh, release order, going through one by one. Mm-hmm. And it's adorable and heartbreaking to watch you get attached to all these people, knowing the pain <laughs> that will inevitably come sooner or later with mm-hmm. all of it. Um, but no, it's it's good. So she's really enjoying that, and it's quite nice because you get to go back and kind of relive relive all of that again. It's quite comforting, like you said, Reese, to kind of go through that journey again. It so, is, it yeah, 
it's a much needed comfort, I think, at this at this point in time. Does your mum have a favourite so far? Well, she's she's been very well behaved in the whenever I'm like, that's Bucky Barnes, we call him baby. She's like, Okay, <laughs> yes. That's <laughs> she's like, Okay. Um she's she's a very big Tony Stark fan though. She oh. um, she's definitely she's definitely team Iron Man. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> so that's uh she keeps some of the names she comes up with for people is she I mean Black Widow is called Black Jaguar at the moment, so that's I'm like, no, that's that's a different film. But yeah, she sounds no, she... like a mum to be fair. Watching any kind of film, let alone a Marvel film. Oh, it's fantastic! Yeah, it's, some of her takes are quite spectacular. So, uh, yeah. I think my mum watched. She's not watching them in any order, but she did watch Ant Man the other day for the first time ever. Oh yeah. And she was like, "Oh, Paul Rudd, he's a bit spicy, isn't he?" Like, yes, <laughs> mum, he is. <laughs> Honestly, the, yeah, every time. Chris Evans comes on, she's like, oh, I'm like, okay, simmer down. <laughs> yeah, <I know>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. How are you finding watching Marvel again from the start? Is it different now you've seen it all? <clears throat> As this may shock you all, I'm quite a big Marvel fan. Um, no, <laughs> no. I, um, I, no, I know, right? <laughs> who, who do you know? And so now it's, it's quite funny because I'm like, do you understand? Do you understand now why I've got that tattoo? She's like, it was a stupid choice, but I suppose I could understand the emotional significance of this. I'm like, yes, there we go. Okay, that's a win for me. But um, it's weird looking back because there's so many little bits that you don't necessarily pay that much attention to until because I, you know, I watched Endgame again the other night because apparently I love to emotionally destroy myself. But um, <laughs> so I went back and it's funny now seeing, like you say, all the bits and going, oh, oh, that's a nice little reference we see later on, and it's yeah comforting i think is is definitely the right word that you use yeah. there for it yeah because i'm i'm also experiencing them again through my friends so i like i've started a twitter thread recently and my friend tom from he used to, i used to work with him in school but he moved to london mm-hmm. but he's watched them all from the start once again and yeah. he's kind of sending me his reviews and i'm just reliving moments and his takes are shocking to me <laughs> he wasn't a big avengers assemble fan which i'm fine is blasphemy but Hey, what can we do? Yeah, that's that's it's a tough one, and I think it's it's got a very special place in a lot of people's hearts. But then, mm-hmm. when you hold it up next to Infinity War and Endgame, that's true. You know, that is absolutely true. Like, Infinity War is the best Avengers film. I'll put that out there. It is. Okay, I'll yeah, I'll, I'll take that. Even though I have to watch the love of my life die on screen, I will accept <laughs> that it is. It is. You know. Yeah, no, that's fair. Who's the, the love of your life? Peter it's Parker. Probably. Always yeah, has okay. been, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, anyway, um, now that we've kind of dealt with the horribleness of isolation, um, <laughs> I thought we could talk about a bit more of a fun topic today and talk about our favourites, just because we need some joyous moments in our lives at the, at the minute, and it's nice to revisit some of our kind of favourite directors. Um, so we've all got our favourites, whether you know it or not. I think certain directors have got their styles and they do kind of create excitement when they've got new films coming out. So you've got, oh, the new Finch film's coming out soon, whatever. Um, so I thought like, we could talk today about our three personal favourite directors and they just talk about their films and their favourite moments of their careers and stuff. Um, because I know that our very own Jeff Zoldi of the Jump Cut team, he's currently watching all of the, I apologise, Hayao Miyazaki films. Is that I good? think that's the one. That was That, that was good, yeah. Thanks. Um, he's watching them in order, and he's currently having the time of his life. So thank you to Jeff for inspiring this episode a little bit. Thanks, um, Jeff. <laughs> uh, but I thought I'd start with you, Sam, as our kind of veteran oh. guest on the episode today. Who is your director, and what do you like about them so much, please? Uh, the director I've chosen is Michael Mann. 
and I've chosen them because uh, this is the only opportunity I will get a jump cast to gush about collateral. So, <laughs> so I'm taking the opportunity while I can. But um, as for what I like about them, there's just there's something about the way Michael Mann handles specifically like the male characters in his film. They're not necessarily bad guys or good guys. There's like a, a grey area that he likes to explore quite a lot, and you'll see it a lot in his work, like in Heat and Collateral. They're very similar. So so much so that I uh, wrote a little dissertation on the those two films. Uh, <laughs> I did indeed. So maybe that maybe That's I've got amazing. a bit of bias because I spent like five months like just rewatching those films for my dissertation. But um, yeah, there's just something about yeah. Michael Mann that I just love and I can't get enough of, and I wish he would make more films. Yeah, well, because I I was researching him because I'll full, full disclosure. I have seen two of his films, and it's the two films you just mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> so I need to definitely burn up on Michael Mann. But I do remember what I've seen Collateral. I've seen that the most. I think I've seen that twice. And Collateral is excellent. Yeah, I absolutely love Collateral. Um, but I think with Heat, I'm a bit more, ironically, cold on it. Oh, um, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, what can you talk to me about Heat? What makes Heat such a good film? Other than like just the kind of characters and the right and I think the way he stages it it's not necessarily like a typical heist movie a lot of it is more about the relationship between Robert De Niro and Al Pacino it's more about these two men that have this kind of admiration for being so good at their craft but they know that one of them will have to either die or go to jail or whatever it's mm-hmm. that is kind of the crux in the movie it's not necessarily about the bank heist and while the bank heist shootout scene is phenomenal it's not necessarily the focus of the movie which i guess is quite odd for a film about robbing banks that is true georgie have you seen heat it's not robbing banks it's the friends you make along the way exactly i saw saw it ages ago and i i remember not being completely enamored but i think it's very much kind of like the catcher in the rye thing it's one of those things that you've got to come to at the right time in the right frame of mind, otherwise it will leave you a little bit mm. cold. And I don't mm. know if I maybe am not the target demographic for that film, but I remember watching it and thinking it was fine. Sorry, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> for not being more I, emphatic. I think I'm very similar to you, Georgie, in the sense that like, I think the shootout bit is phenomenal. And I remember yeah. watching it, I heard about, oh, you've got to see the shootout in Heat. And I watched it. Yes, it's amazing. However, everything <laughs> around that I was like, it's a bit long-winded. <laughs> it's a little bit up <laughs> its own arse. Maybe. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Sorry, Sam. But, it's okay. Uh, I want to throw some spicy takes out there. Today. No, I could totally see like why a lot of people maybe wouldn't get on with it. It is, it is quite a long film, and it's not necessarily, thing, mm. necessarily something you would just pop on on the spur of a moment. It is something you do have to kind of sit down and pay attention to it. You have to commit to it. It is a it is you a really commitment. Do. He it is. You gotta decide. I'm watching that film tonight, and that's mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I get that. <laughs> but then, if you say if you were channel hopping, I know in the age of channel hopping is dying, but and Heat was on, and say it was half hour in, would you sit down and watch Heat? Yeah, I would probably watch the rest of it. <laughs> Fair play. A whole two hours of your life. Okay, yeah, that's okay. admirable. Yeah, it's worth it. Um, so, what about? I'm sh- I'll take your word for it. I'm at- I'm at- I'm at- I'm at uh... <laughs> um, but what about Collateral? Because I can talk about that to end to death because Collateral is excellent. And I know that like Tom Cruise, for example, in that film, that's my favourite of his performances. 
because it's so like against type. Yeah. Um, but the night the nightclub scene as well is amazing, and it's just Clatterwell is just such a tense film. I really, really like that. What do you like about Clatterwell for you, Sam? Uh, again, similar to kind of Heat, not necessarily being about the bank heist. Uh, Clatterwell's not necessarily just about him, uh, Tom Cruise killing these targets on his list it's more about the relationship between him and jamie fox and it, it's kind of weird because tom cruise's character kind of pushes jamie fox to be a better person in an odd way and by the end of the film jamie fox has grown as a character because it's a bit more assertive and he stands up for himself and i don't know it's, it's, it's more about that dynamic between them and i really like it and you also have mark ruffalo in there who's quite underrated as well as the Inspector that's kind of chasing after Tom Cruise. Mark Ruffalo, as a, pl- a police inspector, is like a very underrated genre for me. <laughs> he has never been a bad inspector <laughs> or investigator, you know? Yeah, that's a very specific and niche yet accurate compliment, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, so you've got like Zodiac, for example. He that film's a gift, yes. In that. <clears throat> um, but yeah, so Collateral is really good. Um, George, you've seen Collateral? Thoughts on Collateral? Seeing as we're doing hot, spicy takes, I've never <gasps> seen Collateral. Whoa. Okay, that's all right. I thought oh, you were no. going to say it was shit. Yeah. Was George, like, George's recording stopped and she's been kicked off the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen it. I'm sorry. It, it, I do recommend yeah, it. Yeah, it's worth the watch. It's not as um, intense as he is. Like it's not it's yeah. not as much as a commitment. You can just kind of watch it. No, it's not for face value. <laughs> but that that's the thing I like yeah. about it. On face value, it is just kind of like a like an action thriller. But when you look into it a bit more, there is a, quite a lot you can take from it. Yeah, yeah, there, there is. is there is depth, and it's there's an amazing depth. looking film as well. So well shot. Okay. Yes, I agree with that. Um, have you seen Have you seen Black Hat? I have seen Black Hat. Black Hat. Because I'm actually, look, I saw that. I think I have seen that. It's good, man. I thought it was wank. Oh. So. <laughs> Do not mince your words. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I can. I, I, again, on Black I, Hat? Um, again, I think that that one's probably one of the harder Michael Mann films to get into. He's really kind of going out of his kind of wheelhouse on that one. He's, he's had that kind of this period in the last few years where he's been working a lot with like digital filmmaking and he's really like exploring that. And I think Black Cat's kind of like the pinnacle of what he's been doing with that format. And Mm -hmm. I I do get why people probably don't like it as much. It's not necessarily the most interesting thing. It's about hackers taking over the soy market. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I'm sorry, but like that sounds... With with Chris Hemsworth as the hacker. Okay, maybe yeah. it's got some merits. I... So I, I totally get like the commercial value of people not liking it, but I th- again, maybe it's just me because I, I like Michael Mann a lot. But um, yeah, my, my, it's not definitely not one of his stronger pieces. But I don't know. The more I rewatch it, the more I kind of like it. Okay, okay, I respect it. I know you yeah. are the king of rewatching films because you've seen. Yeah, I do. I, I do <laughs> like a good rewatch. Yeah. Um. So as a last thing about Michael Mann, have you got? Think about his entire filmography. Is there a particular scene moment that you think that is what Michael Mann is all about? Yeah, man. Um, the coyote audio slave scene from Collateral. Where it's just, it's just uh, Tom Cruise and Jamie Foxx sat in the in the taxi saying nothing for like two minutes while audio slave plays over them as they drive around. And there's just... There's a, really? Yeah, man. And there's that look in Tom Cruise's eye and you just, you just know there's something there. That's bothering him. And that's Sign. your favourite Michael Mann That's scene. my favourite Michael Mann scene. 
Wow. <laughs> Georgie, if you heard that description, would you be like, Collateral is the film for me? Based I, on that one description. It sounds like deep and broody, and I do like mm. broody kind of poetic looking things. I don't know. It's on par with the soy hacking thing. It's just like the culmination of everything up to that moment before in the film. It, it, it just speaks a lot without actually saying anything. And I think it, when you do eventually watch it, you'll understand. I like that when, not if. That when, I will watch you it. Will. <laughs> you will enjoy it. <laughs> you have entered a contract now with Jumpcast to watch any film mentioned on the podcast. <laughs> I do apologise. That was what the blood sacrifice was for. Okay, <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, thank you, Sam, for Michael Mann. If anybody has any thoughts on Michael Mann, please feel free to at us at Jumpcast underscore and we'll kind of try and respond to you on there. Um, but I thought we'd move on to Georgie and her choice of director, please. Who have you, who have you chosen and I've... why have you chosen them? I've chosen Taika Waititi, um, partly because I know that I could talk about him for hours on end, um, and I just I just love everything he does. I think he's got this completely immediately identifiable and inimitable aesthetic and vibe that just permeates everything that he does, and I think it's it's special. Everything he makes is quite special. I think. Yeah. If you were to pick one film to recommend before well, I hear this. Well, I put. It's uh, really hard question. Like Sophie's <laughs> choice. Um, in terms of that's the most easily accessible, or that's the most him, or that's the most enjoyable, or there are um, many. There I are would... many. <laughs> he is a very, very kind of complex filmmaker. He's like more than you realize because he just seems like a goofball. Yeah, exactly. He's actually very talented. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say that that's the most Taika Waititi. Um, in that case, I'm gonna go for one of my favorite films of all time: What We Do in the Shadows. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of my favorite films ever. I think that was either that that was probably the film that I watched of his and was like, oh, this person's incredible, and it's mm. yeah, yeah, that would be my go-to pick for him. I think. Sam, have you seen what we do in the shadows? I have indeed. I've seen it many times. Okay. Yeah, it it's a classic. I saw it in the cinema yeah. like <clears throat> when it was on a very limited, limited release at Cineworld, and I knew nothing about oh, it. Nice. And then I, I came out like in tears of laughter. Yeah, it's such it a good amazing. film. It is. Nice. Did you see the TV show as well? I have not watched the TV show on a point of principle, um, because I think well, that some things, when they're perfect, should be left alone. <laughs> I've heard it's really well, good. No. Well, I know that. <laughs> Somebody on the Jumper Online team, I won't say who, but I think he's very, very nice and cool and Welsh. He wrote a review of the Jumper, <laughs> of the Jumper, of the Void of the Shadows TV series. Corey. And he really liked it. It was Corey. Corey no. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've got one more choice left. Um, but no, it, I thought it was actually really good. And it does, it's not a remake or like a reboot. It's like it links to the world. So like Tyker's character is in the series briefly. Yeah. You've I've got, seen some um, clips and stuff of it, and um, there are there are some funny clips. I will admit, but I I don't know what it is about it. I can't I can't do it. I might. If do I it. could sell it to you, if I could sell it to you, there is a scene without spoiling it too much. There is a scene where they are the vampires are on trial, and they summon lots of different famous film vampires. To <laughs> I have judge seen them. that clip. I think that scene is phenomenal. Yeah. It is absolute gold. So if yeah. you don't want to, if you if that has convinced you, I don't know what will. Yeah, that's um, fair. Yeah, that that was a particularly good clip. That um, if it's the same one that I'm thinking of, yeah. 
So what, with when it comes to Taika Waititi's actual style, mm-hmm. what would you say are his like main features of his films? Are he, has he got like a similar thread that shares between one of them all? Or? I, b- I believe so. I think that he's he basically directs and creates films the way I wish I could write. He's got that like dryness of humour and that deadpan sense of, of, of humour that I think is really difficult to nail properly. Um, and I think mm-hmm. he's very, very adept at taking quite heavy themes a lot of the time, quite, you know, significant uh, subject matters and mm-hmm. dealing with them in this kind of like childlike wonder and taking that element of humour and putting that over these these quite these quite heavy and significant themes and presenting them in a way that takes us back to being a little bit more naive than we might be nowadays mm. and taking a fresh look at them. And I think that's, I think you can find elements of that in every single film that he makes um, in different ways, of course, because some of them are a bit harder to find. Like in Thor Ragnarok, I think <laughs> it might be a bit more difficult, but I mean, <laughs> one could argue there is a sense of, of loss and duty and of finding mm. oneself in that, you know? Um, but I think that that element of being able to take significant themes and readdress them in a way that you still laugh at but you don't know whether you should laugh at it and you kind of shake your head at yourself a little bit as you're laughing about it but yeah i think it's pretty special how he deals with stuff like that are you referring to jojo rabbit specifically there or um jojo rabbit and i think um boy as well i don't know if you do if you've seen boy i've not seen boy i do want to it's a it's a really beautiful film sam have you seen boy i have seen boy yeah, I think that that film is... There are a couple of gut-punch moments in that film. Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> like, the final the final line, like, the how is Japan, you just kind of, oh, right in the heart. It's um, Yeah, there are some scenes in that. It's, you know, a lot about absent fathers and kind of navigating your way through the world when you're about 11, don't know what's going on. And it's set in 1984 as well, so you've always got this kind of sense of nostalgia, even though it's not your nostalgia to have, which I think is quite a nice a nice feeling. But there's a lot of moments in that where the heavier themes are, are covered with this childlike innocence and naivety that, yeah, just breaks your heart a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so is, is Boy more of like a personal film? For it's, like a, it's like a comedy drama type thing. So there are obviously funny bits in it because that's just who he is. And mm. typically for him, he stars in it as well because he's in a lot of his films, isn't he? So he um, he, he plays the the dad of this kid, um, whose whose father has been absent for the majority of his life, um, and it's I think it's a very personal story to a lot of people who grew up without that kind of role model of a of a parent there, and trying to reconcile having them back in your life with the fact that the image you built up of them in your head might not necessarily be accurate. I think, um, yeah, I don't want to spoil it too much if people haven't seen it, but it's mm. um, it's a fantastic film, yeah. I'm I'm moved by your description. That oh. wasn't actually watching the film. So. Better than the soy computer man, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's Chris Hemsworth trying to buy some soy sauce. So, you know. <laughs> but yeah, because I remember when I when I saw Jojo Rabbit, because I've I've only seen I think <clears throat> maybe three or four of his films. I've seen What We Do in the Shadows, Jojo mm-hmm. Rabbit. I've seen Thor, and I've seen. Uh, Hunt for the World of People as well. Yeah, that's all a beautiful amazing film. films. I love those. I love all of them. But I'm with Jojo. There was a lot of backlash in terms of how it dealt with obviously the very topical, topical, uh, very controversial subject matter of Nazis and being yeah. Jewish and 
in Nazi Germany. And what did you think about the reaction to it? Because it was much more divisive than his previous films. I think it was that film completely ruined me in the cinema. I was mm. sobbing. I I adored it. I mean, I knew I would, so I went in a little bit biased, which I know you should never do. But I think if a Polynesian Jewish guy can't talk in a sincere way about the Holocaust, who who are we allowing to do that? Mm. And I think it's really interesting that it's not wrong that these kind of films should be addressed with this solemn kind of sincerity because it was a heinous, heinous situation that happened. But I think when you address it with that kind of that that satirical funny element it makes people uncomfortable and you should be uncomfortable when you think about that it shouldn't be Mm. something that people should be complacent thinking about he kind of points a finger at people and goes this is what happened and it's because of a lot of different people and it's that accusing kind of shall i laugh at this am i allowed to laugh at this is this (laughs) something that i can laugh at and i think that it I like the fact that you felt uncomfortable. There's that one scene. I know that I think Sam, you've seen it as well, haven't you? So I'm not going to spoil yet. anything. Yeah, the scene when they come to to Jojo's house and um, Elsa is there pretending to be his sister, and everyone's mm. greeting her in that you know typical Nazi German <laughs> way. <laughs> yeah, Heil Hitler. And on yeah. the face of it, it's funny because everyone's just going Heil Hitler. But it's that beat where you see her, this little Jewish girl, kind of grit her teeth and go. And no, she has to say it back, and it's stuff like that. Like, oh, it's funny because they're all saying the thing, but also, it's like, oh, actually, no, that's actually quite poignant. <laughs> you know, that yeah. I think that's the line he treads, and he treads it so bloody well. I think it does. It's all about the balance of tone, isn't it? Because I, I also loved it. I gave it, I think, a nine out of ten. I think on my letterbox. But I remember the point when, as a spoiler, if you've not seen it, if you haven't seen it, go watch Jojo Rabbit, please. Yes. Um, but the point, let's just say, uh, let's refer it to the, the feet moment. <laughs> oh, oh, the, the feet. You make moment. it sound like a whole different film. But yeah, no, that's um, Quentin Tarantino's yeah. version. <laughs> yeah. <it's>, yeah. <laughs> the Waititi version is slightly less sexy than the uh, Tarantino version. <laughs> oh, God. And... Yeah, that's a harrowing <laughs> moment. Yeah. Like, I, for a film that was so funny up to that point, like, that was as close to a punch in the face as I've had for a film in a long time. Oh, yeah. It was Definitely. just an absolute brutal moment where you realise, mm-hmm. oh shit. Um, yeah. And that, that, that's when it really hit home that he was kind of, he was basically a puppet master of the film for me because he knew exactly when to pull the rug from underneath me and he timed mm-hmm. that to perfection. And yeah. Um, yeah, I think he's a pretty special filmmaker to be fair to Yeah, there, there were like so many lines in it that it just kind of punched you in the face. And I think mm-hmm. that, that still, even though it's a recent film and, People get angry when you have favourite films that are recent films for some reason. But um, the final scene of that, when the music starts playing and it is the German version of that song, which is one of my favourite songs ever anyway, mm-hmm. that just that's a really special moment for me in film. Um, Sam, you've been very quiet. I'm, I'm just what are listening your to on Jojo, really, like, hearing about... Sorry. Jojo Rab- no, 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 it's not a bad thing. No, it's a great no, thing. No, I'm enjoying <laughs> hearing about Jojo Rabbit. Do you have a favourite Taika Waititi film, Sam? Uh, let me think what he's done. It, it probably would be what we do in The Shadows, purely because that was the first film I saw by him, and it is, I don't know, it's quite hard to match. Yeah, that's fair. It is, yeah. <laughs> I think every... That's the most, like, unique film, I think, that yeah. he's done. Yeah, definitely. It's just good, because it's just a film, like, underneath it, about friendship. 
but it's also about vampires trying to live together. <laughs> yeah, it's it's brilliant, and also you can't forget um, what's his face, Reese Darby. Oh man, as the werewolf. Oh my god, classic. His five minute scene <laughs> is just the, one of the funniest things. Have you seen have you watched Flight of the Concords? <laughs> I have. Yes, I have. yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Well, I didn't know he was going to be in it, and I'd watched Flight of the Concords prior to what we were doing in the shows, and when he turned up, I was like, it's the fucking manager! <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's hilarious as well. In he's so he's funny, in, yeah. He's so funny. He's in Yes yeah. Man he as well. He needs to be in yeah. more things. He is. He's also in Jumanji. Briefly. Oh, yeah, he, he is. is. He's in Jumanji, yes. Yeah. He's so he says it weird, um, though. He doesn't say was... Jumanji, he says Jumanji. I thought that as well. I was like, do you want to re-record that, mate? <laughs> I hadn't twigged that. I'm going to have to go and YouTube that afterwards. He <laughs> says it in the trailer. It's Jumanji. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's an odd, odd choice. But if I, if I was to pick a favourite, I would think my favourite would probably be The Hunt for the Wilder People. Mm. Um, it's a, yeah, it's a beautiful film. Have you read the book? I have not, no. <gasps> oh, it's I very good. Book, actually. <clears throat> yeah, it's a book. It's called Wild Pork and Watercress. It's by a guy called Barry Crump. Yeah, I will have a look at that. Yeah, it's Wild really good. Wild and watercress, I've got it. Yeah, and Jojo Rabbit's based on a book as well. So I know. Have you read that one? Um, I haven't. No, but I want to. I've heard that it's slightly less funny. Yeah. Than the film is. Yeah, yeah. It's called Cage, it... Caging Skies or Cage Skies. Caging yeah. Skies. Yeah. yeah. But well played to Taika for winning the screenplay award for that as well. Oh year. yeah. That was a well deserved. For him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so if you were to pick three of your films to watch for our listeners, um, Georgie, which ones did you pick of Tyker's career? <sighs> Interesting. Um, Thor Ragnarok, because yep. that completely redefined Thor Odinson and made him hilarious, gave him a boss haircut, and just was, <laughs> and bought his Valkyrie. So obviously I'm going to pick that. And Jeff Goldblum. Mm-hmm. Um, Jojo Rabbit, in a heartbeat, because I think that's an incredible expose on how we look at history. And... There's a toss-up between what we do in the shadows and boy, but I think if you want the genuine Taika Waititi experience, you've got to go for what we do in the shadows. Okay. okay. Yeah. And uh, Sam, I didn't ask you earlier. What are your top three man films, please? To recommend Before I recommend the man films, I've just got to say, who knew it would take a number two short back and sides to make four funny? <laughs> <laughs> that was the only reason. He's like the opposite of Samson. You cut his hair, he becomes a better guy. Exactly. That's, mm. that's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but as for Michael Mann, uh, obviously number one would be Collateral. Two, if you if you want the commitment, Heat. And then three, <laughs> um, I would say his Miami Vice uh, film as well, because oh. he mm. actually originally like co-wrote and co like di- I don't know if he directed some of the episodes, but he, he basically co-made Miami Vice a TV show back in the day. So he kind I did not know that. That's cool. So he kind of started that and then with the film, he could have easily like done that aesthetic and whole vibe again, but he, he takes it in a, a different direction. It's interesting. Oh. So, cool. I will have a look. I'll explore more Michael Mann in the coming I can't wait for you to come back yeah. and say, Sam, that was wank. <laughs> as yeah, is the gonna... way with me yeah you're gonna get i'm gonna have to watch collateral now aren't i and uh, you are update yeah. you on, on what i think there's no soy in collateral <laughs> so i think you'll be okay oh, that's a hard pass in that case <laughs> soy or no soy that's the only two that's how i rate films anymore. yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
All right, um, and my final um, director today is an underrated filmmaker that I'm not sure you've really heard of. Um, it's a guy called uh, Christopher Nolan. Does he do, like, um, indie art house stuff? Or, like... Yeah, 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 he okay. does, like, weird films that no one's really seen yet, but he will, in the next few years, I'm sure he'll, he'll make a difference. Up and coming. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, but Chris Nolan is, I realise it's probably a very popular choice, but he is popular for a reason. Um, and I think Chris Nolan makes films that are considered as events where every year it, he, a film comes out of his everyone's saying oh the new Nolan film's coming out like this year we would have had Tenet which is still apparently coming out in July apparently but it's not been moved yet so fingers crossed that still happens um, but for me Nolan is one of the best directors working today in terms of creating blockbusters that are not just you know booming and explosions and fun he makes intelligent films as well and he really challenges the audience to kind of take part and get involved and engage with, with what they're watching and i know that his his film inception is for me it's my second favorite film of all time and that was the film that really made me want to commit to doing film writing for things like jump cut um because that just really changed my perception of what film could achieve and it was i remember because i saw it late into its cinema run because i was on holiday at the time and i came back and my mum was like reese you're gonna love inception go see it as soon as you can and I saw it, and she was correct. I absolutely <laughs> adored it, and I saw it like three times in three days. It was incredible. Um, but he also he makes films that really, really do challenge us, and they re do really inspire us to try, you know, to really do things bigger and differently. Like he commits to doing things practically rather than the CGI, and he's just such a clever filmmaker. Um, so yeah, Inception is my favorite, and I also love The Prestige and Interstellar. Those are my three picks there. Um, have you got any Nolan thoughts, you guys, Georgie or Sam? Anyone? Uh, yeah, I, I think again, uh, you said it's it is a popular pick, <clears> but <throat> with reason. I think it's very rare, mm. or well, not necessarily rare, but it's it's odd to see a filmmaker rise to such big scale projects in kind of short amount of time. When you think about it, because he went he went from mm. making following, and then he went to making Memento, and then um, Insomnia, and then after that, I, it was it was Batman Begins. It's yeah. just insane, yeah. and he, it, I think there's only a few people kind of on his scale. Like you've got Denis Villeneuve, yeah. who's I would I would say he's kind of counterpart, if you will, in the yeah. studio system. You've got these yeah. two kind of very thought provoking directors that that have been given these huge IPs and budgets, and they're doing things that that mm -hmm. would that they would do on a smaller scale anyway. But they've just got a lot of room to play with. I know they've earned the trust of the world, haven't they? It's, it's crazy. Like when you know, walking into a Nolan film, you know what to expect. To a Villeneuve film, you know what to, you know what, you're gonna have a good time, <laughs> basically. Um, Georgie, Nolan thoughts? I it's exactly like you, you and Sam both said. He's he's got the goods to back it up. You know, um, mm. he everything he's done is is special in some way. I mean, he literally redefined a genre with the Batman films. You know, can't you can't deny that. Um, Inception. I remember when I watched Inception. I watched it way after it came out, and it's like you said, you realise the scope of what you can achieve. And I mean, don't get me wrong, I had to pause it and ask for explanation several times. But I, was, <laughs> <laughs> but I think, yeah, he's, he's definitely somebody who is, he's an undeniable kind of choice for a favourite, isn't he really? You could never mm. argue with that. <laughs> you really can't. And I think, especially when it comes to things like Interstellar, which was, oh, in what, 2014. And that was probably his most like divisive film when it came out. Because it wasn't as kind of on first watch as impressive as 
his other films in terms of you know like box office and in terms of critical acclaim but it, it took that film did take me a few watches to kind of get it right but when mm. now i've seen it i think good four or five times i think that film is one of the most optimistic films i've ever seen in my entire life <laughs> because it's like honestly i watched when i saw it a few months ago I was in tears watching it because it was just so like hopeful, you know. It was so it had such good ideas for what like the, what the humankind can do, and it was just about trying to make the best of a bad situation and just oh, I just absolutely loved it. And I thought it was it, it combined such an emotional story of a father and daughter with this humankind allegory for you've got to do better for the world. And also, by the way, it travels across space and time. Like it's just such a <laughs> monumental achievement in film that I could watch it and i could talk about it to death to be honest because it is phenomenal um and i remember with things like i remember the in insert the the black hole travel that they do mm. that i think is probably the most impressive visuals i've ever seen in a film like i've never seen space perceived in such a way before you know yeah it's a bold play the scarf no, that a, film like... makes me cry <laughs> Oh, the score as well is amazing. Yeah, <laughs> and he he also like he works with talented people as well. He worked with good cinematographers, good film, good mm. um, composers, good writers, all sorts. So he really knows his team around him, and he does the best films that he could possibly do. And I just I love him. I think he's a great guy. I mean, he's Christopher yeah. Nolan at the end of the day. I mean, if someone yeah. if 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 you want to if Christopher Nolan says I want to work with you, you work with Christopher Nolan. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> no one's going to turn that down. <laughs> and then you've also got. A bit more understated. You've got The Prestige. Have you all seen The Prestige? I have. I haven't. I haven't. <gasps> oh. I know right. I'm the worst. <laughs> the is Prestige there, is... Is there soy in it? Um, I'll say yes, because then you'll watch it, because Sick, there is soy awesome. in it. awesome, yeah. <laughs> There's David Bowie, who may um, have drunk soy at the time. Yes. I'm true. in. <laughs> yeah, David Bowie's in it. And he's great in it as well. Bowie's wicked in The Prestige. But I think The Prestige is probably his most, like, arty film because it's set in like period london about 100 or so years ago mm-hmm. it's about these two magicians and they are battling out to be the best magician in london at the time and oh man that film in terms of i don't want to spoil it but in terms of a twist there is a twist in it in terms mm-hmm. of a twist it is one of the best orchestrated twists of any film for me it's, it's it, pretty good maybe because i'm maybe because i'm stupid i didn't see it coming <laughs> but i didn't call it at all and it completely <laughs> turned me by surprise so if you want to watch a good film with a very, very surprising moment or two or three in it, please feel free to watch The Prestige because it is fantastic. I uh, might have to. I really recommend it. If you like things like Hugh Jackman's in it, Christian Bale's in it, ScarJo, ScarJo's in it, it's a huge all star cast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so my three films would have been, um, in third place I'd put as Interstellar, Second place, Prestige, and first place is Inception. So if you haven't seen any of those films, which if you haven't seen them, who are you? Get <laughs> <now>. uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, please, please, please go and find them over this next few weeks while we are still st- uh, stuck inside. Treat yourselves to some of these films because these are nine films today that we've, we're all recommending that are clearly very special to some people around the world, including us three. So if you want to entertain yourselves and you are stuck for something to watch, have a look at Nolan, have a look at Waititi, have a look at Man if you want to. <laughs> Um, do you have, either of you have any final thoughts about your directors? Do you want to share anything about them, or just are you happy to move on? Uh, uh, it, uh, if I was going to rank Christopher Nolan personally for the top three, I oh, yeah. I would put Inception first. Uh, yeah. Then I'd put 
Batman Begins second. Oh, and, nice. and then Interstellar. <laughs> oh, that's spice. Because more than the Dark Knight. You see, the Dark Knight is just heat with Batman. <laughs> <laughs> That's bad. It's, that not, bad? it's not bad, <laughs> but I don't know. Batman Begins. There's just something about it I, I really prefer more. I prefer the production design of like the Narrows. I prefer the Batman suit in that film. I know these are all little things yeah. that are like, oh, why could why would you prefer that over the Dark Knight? You idiot. <laughs> but I don't know. Your words, not ours. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. There's just something about Batman Begins I really prefer and. I think a lot of it is to do with just kind of the atmosphere because it doesn't really do that kind of Gotham again in the in the next two films. Mm. It does yeah. change. Like I can, I know I can think in my head watching um, the first scene in Batman Begins when he is Batman. He um, is attacking Falcone's um, yes at the docks at the, mm-hmm. at the shipyard. Yeah, that's a very different Batman scene to the other scenes across all, the other two films. Well, yeah, because it's yeah. much more about him being stealthy. You know. Well, the, the city in the next two films is very, like, kind of crisp, clean skyscrapers and that mm. kind of thing, whereas the, the Gotham in Batman Begins is very much more in tune, like the Arkham kind of games. Exactly. Yeah. It's more Gotham Gotham, I think. It's not the shining, clean version. Like yeah. It's like very much like the Arkham games. You've got that that grime and that, that kind of shadowy underbelly, I think, which is so integral to yeah. Batman in general. Mm. I think he does that really well. I don't think any Gotham is ever going to kind of touch the Burton ones, if I'm honest. Oh, I'm so glad you said that, because I was about to be like, except the Tim Burton ones, because they're the best. Because the Tim yeah. Burton Gotham like sets and production design are just insane. Those films are a gift. I'm going to stay quiet. Oh. Um, Excuse me? Batman Returns, <laughs> the best Batman film. You Batman, heard it here now. Batman <laughs> 1 is better than the Batman Returns, for me. Listen, Reese. Um, <laughs> Danny DeVito, oh the Lord and Saviour, is in that movie, and therefore it's an instant. It's true. He is great as the Penguin. To be fair, like I'm not <laughs> denying it's there are some good bits in it, but it is also very camp and cheesy. Exactly. Uh, what are you saying that Jack Nicholson dancing to Prince is not camp and cheesy? It's one of my favourite. Just him slapping paint all over the in the gallery. It's just oh, so special. <laughs> I've, I may have got to watch them again because I, I saw them a while ago and I was like, I've seen them. I've never got to watch them again. I think I've ironically seen, not ironically, I've, I've seen Batman and Robin more than I've seen the first Batman. So I can't, I can't like <laughs> fault you for that because Batman and Robin, as like bad as it is, is entertaining. It's very entertaining. Yeah, you can't take that away from it. Mm. But we've gone off topic. Um, <laughs> but you mentioned about Gotham a second ago that how it was different in uh, begins and i did realize that so gotham isn't it meant to be like like a what's the word for it like the brooklyn of new york kind of i think so it's more it's more of like a shady area because in the other two in dark knight and dark knight rises it's much more like new york is just gotham, yeah isn't it yeah right. i've never realized that before I don't know yeah it's, just... it's 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 meant to be that kind of shady that's mm. why they need him so much i guess that kind of shady underbelly of of a big city mm. where the crime is rife. It's meant to be like kind of a gothic atmosphere to it, grimy yeah. and dirty and shady and always kind of checking over your shoulder a couple more times a minute than you should. And I think he encapsulates that very, very neatly um, in in that in that first film, does Nolan. That's fair. That's fair. But then mm-hmm. I will, in defense of The Dark Knight, which I don't need to do that much because it, everyone... <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you're going to have to defend it too hard. 
Um, I remember because that was the first time I ever saw the benefits of Blu-ray DVD. Oh man, yes, <laughs> which is a weird <laughs> thing to say. Um, but I remember because I bought it, I bought PS4 and I got the trilogy um, on Blu-ray and I watched Dark Knight and the the scene when it's the whole lorry flipping sequence, mm. that yes. bit there. That's when in from on my TV the whole shot filled the screen. There was a letterboxing. It was just yeah the IMAX footage. Yeah, yes. and I was like, "Oh my god, this is cinema now!" I, I get it. And it, that was incredible. So I owe that to Nolan for giving us fully, you know, films that use the actual full screen rather than letterboxing films. So thanks to Chris Nolan for that lovely achievement there. Love um, that for Chris. Yeah, big up the Chris and the full screen. <laughs> um, but I think that pretty much wraps us up today. Um, so I'm going to, before we kind of say our goodbyes, I'm going to do a quick shout out to our lovely Patreon subscribers. Um, we had, let me just get the list up. We had people such as Chris Wilson, Zoe Baines, Orla Smith. We had a Peter. I do apologize. I've got your name up here. One second. I should have copied him in. I do apologize. We've got, this is very unprofessional. <laughs> Uh, here we go we've got Zoe Baines we've got Daryl Griffiths we've got Hugh Adamson Chris Wilson Orla Smith and the Peter I knew it Peter Hodgkins there as well Um, so thank you guys for being our lovely top tier um, Patreon subscribers so we've got a lovely Patreon that helps us uh, support the website and our lovely writers to kind of just make sure that we can pay them for what they do because they do create some amazing content for us and we want to try and pay them for what they do. So we are currently now in a position where we can pay them because of Patreon. Um, so if you want to su- um, subscribe to our Patreon, please go to our website, jumpcutonline.co.uk, and you can find out all of the information you can uh, on there. Um, please also follow us on Twitter at jumpcut underscore online and here at jumpcast underscore. And I think that's it for today. So I'm going to say thanks to Sam and Georgie, our lovely guest today. Thank you. Um, Georgie, first off, as our kind of external guest, where can we find you online? I like that, external guest. That sounds fantastic. <laughs> um, so the best place um, to, to check out what we do is the Valkyries online um, is over on Twitter. So it's Valkyries blog on Twitter. Um, that's where you find all of our lovely words um, that we do mm-hmm. our writing of, basically. So if mm-hmm. you could drop us a follow, that'd be grand. I fully recommend you follow them as well. They are great on Twitter. Heather is also a delight as well, who runs the Twitter account. So. Yeah, Mama, Mama Valk Heather. She's, um, <laughs> she's incredible. I don't know what I would do without her, both in life and in Valkyrie context, to be fair. She's a, she's a treasure. <laughs> she is a good egg. The best. Um, and Sam, where can we find you online, my friend? Um, you can find me at underscore Sunday, underscore rain, underscore all the underscores. Um uh, the only thing I would probably push is if you go, if you're into your gaming, go to the Jump Cut Play Twitter, which is at Jump Cut underscore Play. You can find great content from our writers, and there is a new video that may star two of these people on this podcast, maybe all of them. It's... What? Oh, what? I know. <laughs> What are the chances? But yeah, you can check (laughs) that out. We've got a lot of content uh, planned and on the way. And if you like your modern warfare and stuff as well, we are doing some streaming soon on Twitch. So be sure to check that out. I agree. I can support that. That Jump Cut video is really good. And I'm in it. 
which is a bit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the video itself is excellent. Like we, there's stories from Sam, from Georgie, from lots of other writers like um, like Giles as well, isn't it? It's really good, and it's it's a really really good video. So if you want to go and check it out, please do that on Twitter at jumpcut underscore play. Um, I've been your host. I'm Reese. You can find me on Twitter at and at Rubberja. Good luck finding me. Um, and I'm going to plug my. Oh, well, I say my. Uh, me and Nick's quiz that we've been kind of pushing on um, Twitter the last few weeks or so. It's now, we are now, I think, in the quarterfinals, the semifinals, I think. Uh, semifinals. It's and it's been really fun. Semifinals, yeah. I wouldn't know, week. frankly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you want to check that out, then they are all up on our podcast pages, wherever you listen to your podcasts on. So please feel free to go and find those. They're really good fun. I really enjoyed making them, and I can't wait to see how the tournament finishes. Um, but that's all from us today. Um, thank you for listening. Uh, please remember to stay safe and look after yourselves. And we'll see you next week where we are. I'm back actually next week, but this time only as a guest. So I'm being demoted again to be a guest. Um, but I'm here with Nick and Zoe to talk about biopics. Biopics? Biopics? Um, biopics. So I look forward to that. Biopics? What? How do you say that? I think it's biopics. Biopics. You said you said biopics. it like biopics. Like, is this a science podcast now? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm gonna say biopics. I've always said it. Um, but anyway, on that lovely note, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye.